0: Good day everyone and welcome to the GiriCast on Sport Direct Radio, the Malaga fan podcast for all the Giris out there. It's a week of celebration for us as we scored a double whammy at Zaragoza to get three points there and we also have a double whammy of games this week with Malaga playing two games in a week, starting at home against Sporting Gijón and then continuing at home against Mirandes. As always, we'll be updating the news as well, and we're going to start with the news. But first of all, I will introduce my co-hosts, first of all, Chris Marquez. Chris, how are you? Hi, right, Matt. I'm fine. How are you? I am very good, thank you. It's it's quite a grey day here in Spain today, actually, and I believe a storm is on its way, so it's not the I usual. Think,
1: I think we can say welcome to our lives then.
0: Yeah, I suppose so. There was... Um, there's kids in school who came to my classroom the other day and asked could they come in because they were too cold and I sort of looked at them and I was like, really? Anyway, and, right. I, and I was I sounded like an old man and was like, do you know when I lived in Wales? And anyway, yeah um, and speaking of someone that does have to put up with this weather more often um, and joining us from Exeter University or as Chris likes to call it, Hogwarts, we're always joined by Alex Rashmore. How are you, Alex?
2: I'm good, thank you.
0: Excellent stuff. So, first of all, speaking of grey skies, they are slowly clearing at Malaga Club de Football because there's been more things going on in court today. Uh, And this afternoon, a judge has ordered that Malaga's administrator, Jose Maria Munoz, can take over NAS Spain 2000. Now, this is quite a new story, so I've read it really quickly and I got the general gist, but... Chris, do you want to explain what all this means?
1: Yes, it means that um, Mr. Munoz, our hero, is in charge of a Nas Two Thousand, um, the the company with the rapping name, with the rapper name, <laughs> the gangster name, yeah, um, Nas Two Thousand, uh, which has ninety six percent of the rights of uh, Malaga, of the shares. So, um, Alex, will explain the rest?
2: Yeah, so basically, um, NASH 2000, which is a company owned by the Altani family, has 96.8% of the shares of Malaga Club de Football. And, yeah, so the the administrator from this day is now in charge of that 96% of the shares. So, Altani now has no influence on what happens at the club.
0: And just speaking, just before we started recording, because I was asking you guys about it, and Chris, you sort of mentioned, does this mean the club could be sold more easily? Or
1: um, From what I get is that of those 96%, um, a little bit less than half of it is in the hands of, or position of, uh, position of Blue Bay. And, well, a little bit more than uh, than half of it is from Otani. And I think if I get it right, if I understand it right, um, this would this, this would mean that the financial administrator would be in the possibility to sell the shares of Otani. And that would mean we would get a new uh, owner at the club.
0: Yay! <laughs> Which would obviously be great. Um, as I said, this, basically this this story sort of come out about two or three hours ago, I think, isn't it? Just before we've recorded on a Wednesday evening. So, you know, to keep up to date with it, you know, make sure to follow our Facebook page and our Twitter because obviously we're still getting our heads round it a little bit. One person who hopefully will not be going, though, is uh, Manolo Gaspar, who we were just talking about off air, saying that um, there's a really good interview with him in El Desmarquea this week, where uh, they interviewed him in the really cool graffiti part of Malaga, which is Lagunias, Lagunias, I think it's called. And, um, yeah, he spoke brilliantly about working at Malaga and how many hours he's put in and how, basically, he's inspired by Monchi at Sevilla, who is obviously doing an exceptional job there. And if you read anyone. Who sort of works in the? I, I don't know what you call them. the the off the higher office jobs in football. They all say Monchi's one of the best. And
1: well, let me say in first place that I'm 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 far far away from a Sevilla fan. I I love Sevilla like I love Haddock uh, or uh, Hangover or uh, I would love uh, I don't know what what else is very bad in the world.
0: Well, I like Haddock, so back off Haddock. <laughs> okay,
1: I, I love Sofia, like COVID-19.
0: Okay, that would do. Uh,
1: that would do. Yeah, I, I love, probably love them uh, the same. But looking at it, objectively, I think we can't deny that they have the best scouting system in Spain. And one of the best scouting systems in uh, Europe. Because I, I, I can call, say one name, and that is Rakitic, who they got for like almost for free. And there are loads of players coming from Sevilla. Who, it, it always works, and they never have uh, teams with big players or famous players.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, yeah, like I said, you, there's hundreds of articles out there about Monchi. So yeah. if our, you know, technical what is his title? Sporting director, Gaspar. I think that's usually uh, what it comes under, isn't technical
1: it? Technical director. Yeah,
0: I know it's all pretty much the same thing with different names. But if you hear if he's you know reading things about him and he said like he watched all his master classes on youtube because monchi i think he did them in lockdown these master classes about how like recruitment and his job if gaspar's going to look up to anyone again like you said chris i know it's not nice from a malaga perspective but it's it's a good a good role model to have and um i don't know if you saw yesterday alex the amazing photo they released on malaga's website with the 15 well I think Matos was missing, but all the new recruits with Gaspar at the front. Would you? How would you sort of rate the job he's done this summer?
2: I I think he's done a fantastic job. I mean, to bring in what is it, eighteen new? Well, three new signings and or three new contracts and fifteen new players (laughs) with practically a budget of nothing. It's it's beyond impressive, and I'm, you know all, all praise should go to him. He's done a fantastic job.
0: Here's a good question, and this does link to something you've sort of just said, Alex. Um, in this interview yesterday, they asked—or oh, not yesterday—I think it was on the weekend. Sorry, they asked him how many tattoos does he have. Does it, either of you want to guess how many tattoos he has?
2: Sure. One.
0: Okay. Yeah,
1: here's one big one. No, <laughs> I think it's. Uh... 42.
0: Oh, you're close, Chris. 32. And apparently that's how many transfer deals he's done this summer. <laughs> no, I don't I don't think the tattoos represent each deal he did. I think they were there beforehand, but he, yeah, he said a bit of a man. coincidence. Um,
1: a long time. Yeah. You should, you should have, he had this, uh, when he played for Malaga, he had this like crazy uh, mohawk or like the crazy thing over his head. Really funny back back in the days
0: back in the days yeah he doesn't have definitely doesn't have a mohawk anymore but um anyway but uh, w- one other thing he mentioned and this sort of links into another bit of news this week was they asked him about all the people he's worked with sort of in the upstairs jobs of Malaga. and they said have you learned from them and he said yeah he's learned a lot from Munoz. and and then he sort of mentioned Caminero and uh Hoffrey And he sort of said, um, I've learned a lot from them all and some of them I've learned from their mistakes and I won't copy them because I think what they did was wrong. And I sort of was wondering if he was referencing some of those. But this week, uh, Caminero's been in court very briefly from what I could tell because he's still appealing against his dismissal pretty much a year ago today. And basically they've delayed it again. So...
1: You guys know that Caminero was um, had to go to court for uh, some criminal uh, things he might have done. Okay. One or two years ago, it had to do with drugs money. Okay. Should,
0: should we Lund- add in? Should we I, add? In? I
1: think laundering uh, uh, drugs money.
0: Okay. We'll add in allegedly there just to be to be safe. I I don't know about that, but i yeah.
1: Uh, it was me. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, that's what I'm, I'm saying hurt. allegedly. Um, but, you
1: know that not a lot of people listen to this podcast. So. <laughs> yeah, so we still, don't have to worry about
0: it. I, I still don't want to get done for libel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, oh, going back to that and though, I don't know if you saw, um, or, you know, obviously they did like mini interviews with all the players, I think, because there was there was no like press there and I thought what all the players seem to be saying you know obviously they're going to say positive things they've just signed for the club but they're all sort of coming out with the same thing about it's like a family here but the thing that jumped out at me more than anything and I suppose I hadn't really thought about it since I've lived here is how many of them were saying oh it's nice to be living back sort of in Andalusia and the weather's great here and stuff and I was like actually that that's a big attraction to get people to Malaga, is it? I, I don't know why. I've just never really thought about it, even though it's, you know, very, very obvious. But it was—it made me laugh with Josebed, um, who sort of said he's spent enough time in the north, and it's nice to be back south again. Which was,
1: I, I can, I can understand it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose I've not left yet. Maybe if I left to the Costa del Sol, I would, I would crave coming back. Um, and there's not too much other news. I'll just go through a couple of other things. Uh, did you
1: Did you guys find it crazy that Malaga uh, did an official presentation on 15 players when we already played six matches?
2: Well, I thought it was a bit pointless, to be honest, because obviously each player, if it was, if there are fans there, then obviously yeah, you know, it be looked good for them to see all of these new players come in and be presented. But because there were no fans there, it kind of felt a bit like. Yeah, you know, it was a bit pointless, I think.
1: Yeah, and and from what I, because, of course, we, uh, with Sport direct Radio, we get all the invites and things for um, uh, for the Malaga press conferences and um, all these kinds of things, shirts, a presentation, um, and also for this one, uh, but it was only for uh, television cameras and um, for uh, photo cameras. So it was like, a photo press moment or a video press moment. It wasn't for like real journalists or anything. Not that we are that, but
0: yeah, there was. Well, that's why they all released these like sort of two or three paragraphs. Then they sort of saying how they feel about signing for Malaga. But yeah, I I, I agree with what you guys said. It sort of it, it it seemed. I don't know. I didn't know anything about it. It just seemed to appear to me. I'm sure, like you said, Chris. Maybe you shared about this unveiling, but no. yeah, it did feel it a bit also, pointless.
1: It, it came out of the blue.
0: Yeah, it did feel a bit pointless, but you know, I, I, I enjoyed it just for that photo with Gaspar at the front, looking like yeah, looking like a boss basically, didn't he? He looked cool, and with all the players lined behind him. Um, and actually, when I was when I was going through all those players, and I'm sure we'll talk about it a bit more when we come to the Zaragoza game, I was like, actually, that's a. That's a good little squad that's being put together there. There's no sort of... um, Like, sort of... All the signings have something about them, I think. But, I don't know, you might disagree. But we can talk about that later. Uh, maybe just a couple of other things, just to quickly round off. We said we'd perhaps try and mention them a bit more. But Atletico, Malugueno started their season last week. They beat Torremolinos 1-0. So, that's good. Quintana scored. Not Kaya, Quintana. The the fullback Quintana. So... That was good and I think there's fans there as well. I think Segunda B and Below have started having fans now. Um Quintana played, Gonzalo played, so you know these are players that have been in that first team, so that link is still there. I watched it. Yeah, was it any good?
1: I didn't like the first half that much. Uh but the second half was pretty was pretty good.
0: Yeah. And was there any future stars jumping out at you or anyone particularly impressive?
1: Um, Mini? Yeah. I thought Mini played very strong and um, the right the guy uh, the right winger but I, I forgot his name.
0: I think um, Mini as well as the captain as well, wasn't he? I think I saw.
1: Yes, yeah. Mini was the captain.
0: Well, that's positive because
1: um, The right winger. I I don't remember who it was, but he uh, impressed me
0: quite much. So impressive that he dazzled you that you couldn't even take his name in. We'll we'll picture that way. Yeah. Um. And speaking of former uh, Malaga wingers, I don't know if you saw Tete scored on the weekend for Elche. That was nice to see. Um. I don't know if either of you saw the goal. Uh.
1: Yes, I saw the goal. Pretty goal.
0: Yeah, it was cool. Like a sort of
1: Tete. It was a Tete goal.
0: Yeah, sort of a fly in side foot volley, but um, yeah, Elche are doing um, they're doing well. Um, and then one final bit of news, I suppose. And Alex, I'll let you do this, but what, what, why might our, our fans back in the UK be happy today?
2: Oh, yes, so we've received some fantastic news. So I think uh, La Liga have finally you know got their act together and YouTube is now a viable option to watch Malaga's games. So if you have had trouble, which everyone has, I think, in the UK, of watching the games, you can now watch them like we did last season and the season before uh, on YouTube for free without having to download any VPNs or buy any Bet365 accounts. So, yeah, it's all available on YouTube.
0: Yay.
1: I think this is as good as a, a Malaga win this news it's big news
0: yeah it's great because it was so easy last year for people wasn't it and I know um, you know I know it's quite easy for us to sort of say sort yourself out with a VPN but you know not everyone is that computer literate and they you know some people say what is a VPN so yeah I'm glad it's nice and and basic again
1: and besides we we know the club is watching and listening and and everything so uh, VPN definitely is not legal yeah I wouldn't say it's illegal, but it's it's not legal. So, um, yeah, we yeah. don't want to uh, be part of uh, illegal stuff or rec- recommendate uh, illegal stuff. So we're happy.
0: Yes, uh, yes, yeah, so and we do not endorse that. I, I'll add that in myself. I was not endorsing it, um, but yeah, so that that's good for everyone, and we can, you know, we can go back to be, you know, people maybe who listen to our podcast might know what we're talking about again because maybe some haven't seen a game for few weeks but those that haven't seen a game for a few weeks we'll go into the next bit and we can tell you it is going pretty well so let's move on and talk about that Zaragoza game Okay, so last week's podcast was called From La Rosa Reda to La Roma Reda. Um And this week, we come back from Ro- La Roma Reda with love. Because we came back with... <laughs> that was awful, wasn't it? But we came back with three points. And, you know, I'm very much looking forward to talking about it. Because it was bloody good fun. So, as always, we'll go back to the start. Though, um, lads, you didn't do a preview show this week, so we can't talk about what you discussed but um well, there were four changes to the team uh, we had chivaria coming in Ramon back in the team Calero coming in for I suppose um, Ishmael who is injured and a surprising goal in the form of Soriano coming in so we'll we'll, we'll maybe go through those so Ishmael I think was just a case of he wasn't fit was he
2: no. no, I believe, well, he played in the previous game, but then maybe there was a a case of you know wanting to rest him and yeah. get him fully recovered before we start playing him again.
0: Yeah, because he got subbed at half-time in the last game, didn't he? He did not have a good game, and maybe that's why. But then, perhaps more of a surprise. Yeah, let's go with the, the one that was perhaps more of a surprise. For Soriano started ahead of Barrio. Alex, did was well, I don't know, was he a surprise or was he expected? I
2: think... A slight surprise, and with hindsight now, I'm going to say not a good decision because I wasn't very impressed with know He looked like a rabbit in the headlights quite a lot of the time, um, and I just think because um, Barrio has had, you know, he's had obviously he's had his mistakes, but um, he's shown signs of being quite a good goalkeeper, and he's, you know, there's been games where he's kept us in it, like the you know, last Palmas game. He played very well, and so yeah, I think. A, 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 you know, a weird decision for me. I wouldn't have done it, but you know it's good to see that one is getting game time as well because we need both to be on form and ready when we when we need them.
0: Yeah, I suppose uh, Pelisser had said this. This well, he said it's not a problem. He said it's a, you know it's a good place to be. That but having these two goalies, the pro, it was on the horizon, and obviously there's a lot of games coming up in the next ten days. So good to see. And what about you, Chris? Was was you happy to see this change? Or? Um,
1: well, let me say, first of all, on Mondays, I, uh, of course, in Frecuencia Malagista, I joined the, the Spanish version of Quiricost. Um And what I said there, I will repeat it again, but then in a different language. What surprises me in football is that you can replace every, everybody except for the goalie. The goalie always stays. Um... And I, I trying to understand it and in some way, I can. But on the other side, I think, why not play with two goalies? Why, why you have to keep doing like everybody else has done for the last hundred years?
0: Yes, um, I know some clubs, I remember sticking with Spanish football, I remember Barcelona a couple of seasons ago did, uh, they had... Oh, let me guess the right way round. They had Stegen playing like the league games, and the guy that's gone to Valencia whose name i forgot yeah, him, S- yeah, and he played the cup games. Am I got Yeah, or yeah, the other way round. But yeah, I yeah. suppose being a Segunda team, we have a lot of games. And yes, I, I sort of get your point, Chris. Because um, going with what Alex said, Barrio has been good, but he's not been spectacular is he so i suppose now is as good a time as any to try him out and um I, I i maybe i didn't fully agree with alex rabbit in the headlights but i do agree that soriano you know didn't jump out so yeah i suppose why not rotate them until one of them seizes it seizes the shirt did you and,
1: Did you guys, uh, it's a few years ago, I think, six or seven years ago, five maybe, uh, Holland against uh, Costa Rica.
0: Of course, yes. It was,
1: I think, in the 80, in the 98, in the 89 minute, sorry, um, there was uh, a change, a substitution. It was um, uh, Tim Krul, everybody knows Tim Krul, wonderful keeper, played for uh, Newcastle. (coughs) came on uh, the pitch uh, for Sillesse. And why? Because Van Gaal believed that Sillesse wasn't a good uh, goalie for penalties.
0: Yeah, I remember.
1: He thought Krul was better. And what happened? It came down to penalties and Krul stopped two of them.
0: Yeah.
2: And then he didn't do it in the next game, Mm. which surprised me. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that but surprised
2: if, me as well.
0: If I remember rightly, when he did... Because I think it was the 119th minute, actually. I think it was at yeah, the end of it, bit. yeah. Um, but I, if I remember rightly, Van Haal said he thought Krul was a better penalty stopper, but also yeah. he did it for psychological reasons as well, to sort yeah. of freak out the opposition, like why they brought him on. Oh, he must be good sort of thing. Um, well, Liverpool tried something similar in the Community Shield, didn't they, um, this season, where they brought... Uh, now Swansea legend Rian Brewster on in the 89th minute to take a penalty and um, he missed the penalty, so he missed the penalty that decided it. So, but yeah, going back to goalies
1: and and you know what also surprised me about that tournament. I don't know if you who saw it. Uh, another uh, Premier League led Dutch legend, uh, Dirk Kuyt. <laughs> uh, I they put him in, in instead of the striker position that tournament. He he put them in the in the left back position or the right back position, but he put him on 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 the field as a starting back. It was very crazy, and he pulled off a great yeah. game as well, dear Kite.
0: Yeah, well, Dirk Kite was just someone who could run around a lot as well, wasn't he? I think he could have right. played anywhere because his goal scoring sort of dried up as he got a bit older, but he never stopped running. So that is good. But go going back to Malaga. Because, you know, we won a game. Let's keep talking about Malaga. We'll go back to one of the other changes. Um, Ramon came in for Christian. I I said, I think it might have been last week, I said the dropping of Ramon seemed a bit harsh. I don't think he'd done much wrong or I'm not sure if he had a slight knock. Um, We'll be happy with that because obviously I've spoken here before saying how much I like Christian. But I think the last two games he'd been a little quieter and maybe not had the same impact. So I was sort of, or for this, as sad as it made me to say?
1: I think it's hard because uh, we have so many good uh, midfielders that it's impossible to put them all on the pitch. Well, it can be, but then we won't play with a lot of uh, defence or uh, or attack. Um, There's a lot of choice, but I think Ramon played a great game And uh, Christian is a great player, but what you said in the last two games, he was a a little bit not off, but he was a little bit less. He didn't impress us that that much as he did before.
0: Yeah, I think he's the sort of player that um, if the game, again, we haven't seen that much of him yet, but when the game sort of goes against Malaga a bit, I I feel like he's, he's, especially in the trial game he just went completely missing it went past him what about you Alex was you happy to see Ramon back
2: yeah I was definitely I mean he's one of my favourite players I think this season um and you know, on Christian I just think maybe a break was something he needed like not starting because uh, he started all of the games up to now I believe so I think yeah maybe he just needed that rest a little bit and come on in the middle of the game and yeah and no, I'm I thought Ramon played fantastically. I think he was up there with my you know, contender with player of the game.
0: Yeah, and as well as Ramon playing fantastic, I think the Munoz alongside him, those two together, it looked very good, I thought, actually. And it did make me think that, you know, if someone like Christian, for example, who seemed to have played one of those two centre midfield roles, it's going to be tough for him to get a place back there. So I don't know if he's going to have to try and... Earn his place higher up the pitch. I don't know, but I thought those two together were brilliant. Actually, it just worked perfectly. Um, and then finally, to the other change, the other guy coming into the team, chivaria Chris, do you, do you want to talk about Chavaria Did did he had he earned his place in that starting eleven?
1: I don't know if he has earned uh, the place in the starting eleven, but he he has for me. He has earned the place for the rest of the season in the starting eleven. <laughs> Yeah, he brings a lot.
0: Yeah, I thought. I, well, I don't know. I thought from the glimpses he'd shown from the bench, I thought it was about time to be given about time for him to be given a go. What about you, Alex?
2: I was really impressed with him. I think he just shows that sign of being that just that little bit above the the level that Malaga are playing at, and he's got that experience. And he's was a fantastic header. It was quite a quite a weighted cross. It wasn't a quick one that he could just uh, knock on into the corner, but he had to get some power behind it, and it was a fantastic header. So yeah, I think it was, and his movement as well, just coming back into the midfield, helping out, and then going back up front. I just thought, you know, he was was a fantastic uh, addition to the starting eleven.
0: Yeah, it really was a beautiful header. It sort of he proper rocketed it. Like you said is it, it was a brilliant cross but yeah like you said Alex it was more of a, a floaty cross than a a whipped cross wasn't it? And um yeah, what what about what about the cross then, Chris? Cuz obviously it went to VAR. Was was you worried?
1: I I was very worried because it was clearly no offside. But in football, and still with, with, with VAR, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, definitely not in Segunda División where the craziest uh, judgments by the VAR and the, the ref are being made. Uh, so it worried me a lot. It took too long to see that it was no offside. It took ages for the VAR, but it was clearly no offside, and it was a great goal and uh, it made me happy.
0: Yeah, the the thing that worried me was uh, 24 hours before I'd been watching the Merseyside derby, which uh, Liverpool sort of, sort of dramatically won in the last minute. Well, it looked like they had. And then they went to VAR and Mane's, well, he was an offside as far as I could tell. And it looked almost identical to Romani's. And I thought, am I missing something with this VAR here? So I was... Like you said, it went on for so long. I thought, well, if it's gone on this long, there must be something wrong. So I was, I was very surprised. But um, as you said, Alex earlier, br- brilliant cross. What, what did you think of Romani? Because personally, I thought it was probably his best game for Malaga so far.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think he showed he showed what we've been expecting of, and just good technique. Uh, he used the space well, and he was, you know. I think he had the defence on the ropes a little bit, and I just think he so he showed a quality that we've been looking for and we've been waiting for. And you know, obviously, it goes without saying it was a fantastic cross for the first goal.
0: Yeah, and, and not only the cross, actually, as well, the way he brought the ball down was, was quite good. But he t- he, I think he took like two touches and he sort of controlled it, and then, yeah, straight in. And yeah, I don't know. He looked, I don't know. He looked like he was enjoying himself a bit more. I don't know whether it was the cross just got his confidence up. But what well, I mean, about you, Chris? Would you agree it is probably it was probably his best game so far?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, but what I've always seen in the in the six games he is in Malaga, that he he's a hard-working guy, and I think what you can see is that, what we can see is that he's he's going to give a lot more crosses that are going to be. On the right spot where they need to be, instead of the all the things we saw last season, where the ball went over or too wide or too 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 low or too, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I think I think it's going to be a good season for us.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. But um, someone else who, well, I think we had a little bit of disagreement maybe on the last podcast. um, about a player I thought had quite a good season so far, uh, Kaya Quintana, who finally got a goal. Do you think that was a goal he deserved after? Because I feel like he's done quite a lot of running for the team and put a done a lot of selfless work. I, th- I felt he'd earned that goal.
1: Um, yes, uh, but I also think um, that he does a lot of uh, work that isn't his work. He does a lot of running and things. But at the end, he's being judged about the goals he makes because he's a striker. It's about it's a bit the same problem that Buena Casa had last season. A great guy works hard would be great as a as a central defender, uh, but, but not as a striker. Because you have one job and that's to that's make goals. Uh,
0: um, I, I do think he has but, a bit more quality than Buena Casa, though.
1: Yeah. Uh, but what I think is that um, maybe he needed a guy like Chavarilla next to him. I think that that might work.
0: Yeah, and it was um, it was a great cross again from Chavaria. It was perfect, actually, because for a second it sort of it teased the defender, didn't it? And it looked like he was just going to kick it away. But it was just perfect enough for Quintana to get his foot on it and just scrape it under the goalie. What about you, Alex? Would you agree with Chris's assessment of Kaya Quintana being a better centre-back than a striker? Oh, I mean... I, yeah. That's
2: what I said
1: about Buena Costa. Yeah,
0: I know, I'm joking. Uh,
2: I, would, I thought... No, I'm glad to see Quintana, obviously, you know, he... Um, I never like to say earned a goal because you you never you you work hard obviously if it happens it's because you've done something well like you don't deserve a goal just because you've worked hard I feel like obviously yeah if you've had chances and you've had them saved that's that's the goalkeeper that's done well there so I think yeah no. It's good that he's got a goal. I feel like that could be the start of something maybe because quite often quite often with these players it's a confidence thing. When they get that first goal they go on to score quite a few more. So I'm hoping that's the case with Gindona here.
0: Yeah. And quiz question, um when was the last time he scored a goal?
2: Last season at some
1: point. Yeah. Yeah against against Malaga.
0: It was indeed. Um, it was at La Rosa Leda against Malaga. Yeah. yeah. It was about this time last year, actually, it was pretty much a year ago. Um, but yes. yeah, so he hadn't scored since then. So you know, that's been a long drought for him. Obviously, he didn't perhaps play as much football as he would have liked at Cadiz, but he is back in the team here at Malaga very much. Just moving away from Malaga for a second, Zaragoza, Was it? Would they? Was it just me being a little bit drunk, or were they awful? <laughs> I
2: don't know, Matt. About- awful, I feel like that's a bit harsh Now I said but, it out I,
0: loud, I'm thinking it's a bit harsh as well, but go on
2: <laughs> No, I, I definitely think I was surprised because I thought they've got a good team together, obviously they signed Adrian, who you know, he was probably one of our best players last season um, so I was expecting more from them uh, maybe they just caught Malaga at the wrong time, Malaga just had a good day out and they were having a bit of a blip, so yeah, I was surprised that they didn't put up more of a fight um, but yeah, I think come the end of the season, we'll see them in the top half without a doubt.
0: Yeah, but I was I was quite surprised looking at the stats yesterday that they had sixty nine percent of the possession. Now I know that is not you know that that stat needs to be put in context a little bit, but I, I just can't remember having that much more of the ball than us. But clearly they there were was not
1: um uh, There was this great tweet. I'm trying to find it, but. Uh, I can't really
2: you know. Another thing that slightly worried me was the fact that we only had two shots on target. I know we had we had four shots this time, so you know, not quite the the gap between eleven and one. But I, you know, I still think we need to work <coughs> on having more shots on target. I don't care if we've got ten percent possession, as long as we've got you know at least. Yeah. I'd say five is a good target to aim for most games.
0: Yeah, and. Well, yeah, like you said, like I think we said last week, um, we were talking about how Gotha had a really good sort of shots on target accuracy rate. And I suppose it's good that we, we do seem to be fairly accurate in front of goal. But yeah, we, I don't know, maybe we found a bit of a formula now because we did look a bit more dangerous this week and hopefully we stick to
1: Mr. Quincy sent it out to tweet. It was really funny. Uh, I will, uh, because it's in Spanish, I will try to uh, translate it. If you thought your 2020 um, was going wrong, imagine uh, Saragossa's 2020 (laughs) that went from almost being in Primera to lose uh, at home against a bunch of youngsters with mustaches, <laughs> <laughs> who uh, who earn the minimum salary?
0: <laughs> that is quite good, actually. But yeah, they they were very impressive youngsters with mustaches, and they did very well. But so we'll just give them a bit of a mention before we move on to sort of our Chumbo and Biznagas and things like that. It was inevitable; Adrian was going to score, wasn't it? um So. Uh, is, it, is there any fault at any? Are you pointing the finger at anyone for that goal? Because I thought Matos sort of let that cross come in a bit easy, but I don't know if I'm being too harshly. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just it was a very good ball into the box, really, wasn't it? And he just had to yeah. tap it, and of course he didn't celebrate. Really, he looked a bit no, but- he looked a bit um, guilty actually, as if he's like, oh no, I know Malaga need this win. Uh,
1: yeah, <laughs> Petit Serre said in his uh, press conference before the game uh, that Adrian was one of the only players who really uh, wanted to stay at Malaga, but it wasn't possible due to his uh, salary that you can't earn uh, that percentage less than uh, what you did earn before.
0: All oh, right, okay.
1: So um, he also said that he is sure. That Adrian will come back to Malaga one day. He doesn't know if that will be as a player or as a coach, but he will come back to Malaga.
0: Oh, that'd be cool. He he would be welcome back anytime. I am yeah. sure. So just to round off our look at this game before we do Chumbo and Biznaga, what what would you say, Alex, from the whole sort of team performance? I I think it'd be. Fair to say this has been our best performance so far. I don't know you can disagree with that if you want. But um, what impressed you most about Malaga in this game?
2: I think the fact that we scored more than one goal is uh, yeah. is an impressive fate. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think just managing to create chances, obviously, yeah, it'd be nice if we had a few more shots on target. But the fact that we weren't relying on one player to create everything, I feel like there was... Options coming from everywhere. Ramon did really well in the midfield. Uh, Rahmani on the left, and obviously Chavarri up front was fantastic. And the defence as well. I can't fault the defence too much. Maybe Matos could have been a little bit better, but you know, as a, on a whole, I feel like everyone did pretty well. And it's nice to have that feeling of maybe having a win and deserving the win rather than scoring a lucky goal or a good shot from thirty yards out.
0: Yeah, definitely. Because I think even when it was at when it got to two one, I didn't feel that panicky. I was quite. I ha- I had faith in us. Actually, I thought we'd we'd hold on. Even after we collapsed a little bit at Zaragoza last season, I I had faith, as George Michael once sung. Um, Chris, any last thoughts before we do our Chumbo and Bisnaga?
1: Uh, well, it's more a question because it was a big, it was the big discussion we had on Frequencia Malagista Monday, uh, where people were asking, well, the, the co-hosts, um, if Malaga really did play uh, such a good game. And then uh, the question came up, uh, what is good football? Is that winning or is that like a nice, nice playing, being the better one? or Because for me... Malaga showing good football has shown good football uh, last Sunday uh, because they won. That's the most important thing because I think um, winning is more important than playing pretty football. Um, Malaga played effective two chances. It's not that much. It can be and it need to be a few more uh, per match. But overall, I think Malaga played a very good match. Wow.
0: So what do you guys think? Well I was about What's to say It it's delving into football philosophy, which I quite like. And I, I think you used the the exact word is there, Chris. You use the word effective. I think whatever's effective football for the players you've got is good football. But <laughs> I'm very much and this is me being brainwashed by Roberto Martinez about how long ago now? Twelve years ago or fourteen years ago, flipping heck that was a long time. Um the, the the Swansea team like I I watched in when am I going 2007 to 2013 I travelled the country watching them and they didn't win every game but every time we would go somewhere people would say Flipping heck, your team's good and I used to fill us all with like a lot of pride and we the football we used to play was sensational and they you know when we got to Europe and stuff you know I, I as well as being good football i thought it was effective football that we sort of jokingly called it swans alone a football um with so personally i love watching quick passing football i do i sort of had to teach myself with malaga that you know there's issues at the club which means maybe they can't get players of a quality that can do that or even you know, no offense to Pelisser at the moment because I really like Pelisser, like a manager that can perhaps instill that. Because we had Martinez, who was just a bit ahead of his time, and then Laudrup and Brendan Rodgers. So, to me, I, I agree with you, Chris. Is effective football? But if I could pick as well, I would like to see nice passing football. If I'm being honest,
1: but but is it good football? What is good football? That's is what that I'm getting, Gaining three points, or is that tiki taka?
0: Okay well to me good football is doing both because <laughs> I've seen it can happen I can see it can work even with yeah a, sure a team like Swansea but that's just personal preference I know some people um certainly under when we had Roberto Martinez when we got to the championship the first time I can only go from my own experience here but some people would say we were quite boring because we passed it too much but it used to be I, I don't I used to find it Quite. Uh, Do you
1: do you remember Greece and the Euro Cup?
0: Of course, yeah, and I don't think that is good football, but they won it, so yeah. Suppose, I suppose, if you're a manager, you've just got to work with what you've got and say, I don't know. I'll go back to Roberto Martinez. Say Greece had got Roberto Martinez, they might have gone out in the group stage. So, did
1: you think? Did you did you do you think any any uh, habitant of of Greece would have said? After winning it, yeah,
0: we won it. But no, exactly. uh, I have a Greek friend. The
1: football wasn't good.
0: Yeah, I agree because I have a Greek friend, and he says he talks about it all the time and says like he couldn't care less of how it happened. So yeah, it's a very it's a tough question to answer, isn't it? I'm sort of I'm sort of feel like I'm covering all bases by answering it with a bit of both. What about you, Alex? That's a good question, Chris.
2: I. I mean growing up supporting Yeovil I've become accustomed (laughs) to taking what I can get so I think if the lead up to the goal in that previous 30 seconds is nice I'll take that even if the goal comes from a shot that gets deflected I'll take that as long as the team wins and does well I'm not too bothered how they play to be honest although it is nice to watch as a neutral because I mean personally I think if my team wins and don't doesn't play good football, I'm happy with that. I can always go and watch Barcelona play. I don't know whoever they were playing yesterday in the Champions League and put on a, a masterclass if I want to watch good football. So, and sometimes when it's not that good football, it's quite entertaining as well because you know hmm. anything can happen with a you know a shot from thirty yards that goes over the keeper's head or you know. So yeah, I, I've I've come accustomed to taking what I can get, and a win is a win for me.
0: Yeah, I agree with what you just said at the end there, Alex, as well, because I think I've mentioned on here before when I lived in Manchester, I used to, most of my weekends because um, I wouldn't go back home to Swansea or to watch Swansea at home. I'd go watch non league football, and like Alex said, that, that, you know, it might not be ticky tack, but flipping heck, it can be entertaining and fast and mistakes and fun, and yeah, it's. Um, yeah, I think I think we've covered all bases there and sort of not really got a definitive answer. <laughs> no. But that's the final football, isn't it? The, um but yeah, I agree with Alex if Malaga keep winning, I'm happy to take that. If they've not made 600 passes a game then so be it. As long as they got three points, I'm happy at the moment. Um but,
1: but is it because of the Pacha run? Or is it that-
0: ah, yeah. I I will say I think I said to you guys I watched the game in Gibraltar on well, day was it? Sunday. I will say, I went in the first bar and I sort of said, can I have a pacharan?" And they said, we don't have it. And I was like, well, well, I'm going. So we left. And then we went in the next bar and we ordered pacharan, and it was absolutely horrible. So if you if you have pacharan, don't get it in Gibraltar. It tastes, tastes too gingery. So there's my advice there.
1: Am I, by the way, am I, because I'm listening to it, Oh, the whole, the whole the podcast we recorded until now—is it a monkey I can and hear on the background? Did you brought a monkey back
0: home? I I definitely did not. I think it might be, um, Ma- might be illegal. Are, are you going to play some weird sound effect No, no,
1: no. no, <laughs> no, <okay>. no. <laughs> I'm, I'm just asking because it it, it sounded like you have brought back a, mo- a monkey.
0: No, no, I, I did I did not take any monkeys. I just want to make that clear to the. The authorities in Gibraltar and Spain. Be, I didn't smuggle any monkeys.
1: Be, before you, because before we started recording, I heard you mention a couple of times calling Quamby. Um, no, don't touch that Quamby. Quamby, no,
0: don't. Quamby,
1: <laughs> come back, Quamby.
0: No, um, I can confirm that is false. Uh, there is no monkey. Um, I did go and see the monkeys though, but I, I let I let them be. Uh, right, so let's let's get this wrapped up and leave the weird place of Gibraltar alone. We'll go with our chumbo first then. So, Alex, who are you going as your chumbo?
2: Um, I mean, it's a difficult one because everyone played pretty well and, you know, I can't fault anyone too much. But if I had to pick one, I think I'd probably go with Matos. I just think didn't really show a lot. He, he did all right, you know, he didn't... Excuse me. He didn't make too many mistakes, um, but I just think maybe he could have stopped uh, the the cross coming in. So yeah, I think Matos. I think he's my for today.
0: Yeah, and and for pretty much the same reasons Alex said I was going to go Matos. Not that I thought he played bad at all, really. But I thought that everyone did their job, and he's the one that maybe didn't do his job for one moment that well. And yes, it was a bit harsh, but I'd pick Matos too. What about you, Chris?
1: very boring but I also uh, I said it on Monday uh, Matos and I'm still with Matos because I think the defending part was good, was nothing bad but it it was dead there wasn't like a bit of attacking or anything more in it so
0: yeah
2: I missed that a bit Can I make a quick change to my chumbo? actually? Yes I've had a rethink. I'm gonna go with Juan Soriano. I although couldn't do anything about the goal, there was a there was a certain there was a few chances Saragossa had, namely the one I think it was a shot and he punched it. And I was thinking, what on earth are you doing there? I just yeah, like I said earlier, kind of a bit like Rabbit in the headlights, but I'm hoping that's because it's his first game, he's sort of just getting up to the speed of Segunda, so hopefully he'll he'll improve.
0: Yeah, and actually when he did that I don't know if it was the camera angle or or his reaction or a bit of both. I thought he punched it towards goal. I thought he was going like he'd sort of punched it backwards. So I did panic a bit when he did that. But luckily, it went far enough. Um, anyway, away from this negativity, Biznaga, go on then, Alex. Give me your Biznaga.
2: I've got to go with Chivaria, haven't I? I yeah. think fantastic header. Um, just his, you know, his movement. His he created space very well, and he just showed that. A touch of class, really. So yeah, Chavarri is my uh, his naga for this game.
0: Excellent stuff. Same here for the same reasons again. And Chris, any anyone different?
2: Same guy, same guy.
0: Excellent stuff. Okay, right. We will leave our talk of Zaragoza there, and we will look ahead to the two games we have coming up this week and see if the Malaga playoff slash promotion party, can continue. So, as we started recording... Today, Malaga were sitting in sixth place in the final playoff spot. As we are recording, there are segunda games going on, so we might drop out. We're not sure, but I believe as as we're talking now, we're we're eighth. Did you just say, guys? Yes. Yeah. So, um I'm currently watching Las Palmas v. Who are they playing? Castellon on Goal TV and Malaga will be on Goal TV tomorrow night at the very late time of 9.30 against Sporting Gijón. Um, actually, we seem to be on Goal TV quite a lot. Um, so I think, I think they must be getting good crowds from, or not crowds, good viewing figures from us being on there. So yeah, keep, keep going without Goal. And obviously everyone back in the UK can watch us on YouTube this week as well. Yay. But yes, yay. <laughs> But um we are playing Sporting Gijon tomorrow and it is going to be a, a tough game, I think, because again, as we're recording or before we recording, Sporting Gihon were second in the league. They won their first four games, then they lost the derby to Oviedo and they drew with Tenerife last week. But they are, you know, they they're doing very well. So Chris, how are you feeling about this game at the moment? Are you confident or
1: S- scared? Okay um yeah they they're doing a great having a great season so far so they're in second at the moment i think Mm -hmm. so yeah um we shall see i think tomorrow we can see where we stand yeah and that that worries me a bit but to be honest because you said i I heard you talking about a playoff or a (laughs) promotion party um The sooner we get to the 50 points, the sooner I will be relaxed. And from that point, we can do whatever we want. Uh, But I think the most important thing is not relegate the season. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, it's uh, it's funny you say that because you said about getting to 50 points. You've just reminded me, actually. Um, We didn't mention it earlier. But in those um, interviews Malaga did with the new signings yesterday, I don't know if you saw what Escassi said. No, what did he say? Uh, he said something along the lines of well, what you just said, but a bit more optimistic. Oh. He said, um, let's get the fifty points first and then let's dare to dream or something like that. And it was like Oh, oh wow. Yeah, was, I was like, go on, Isgassi. That
1: that uh, sounds romantic.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's i I'm I'm definitely sort of paraphrasing here, but something along those lines. But um and actually we didn't mention him. I thought he was excellent against Adagotha in defence too, but you know. We're looking to the future now. Um, Chris said he's scared. Um, one of the reasons perhaps we should be quite scared is uh, Sporting Gihon do have the current top goalscorer in the league. Of course, only six games in. But with four goals, it is Uros Dudovic, who I believe is just called Djuka, um, who I think started the season very similar last year and scored a lot of goals. Uh, I, I'm not a big fan of him because... During lockdown, I was manager of Malaga and football manager. And this guy scored lots of goals. So I signed him for Malaga for pretty much all the money I had in my budget. And he was awful. I got promoted anyway, but he was awful. So I've got a bit of a vendetta against him.
1: Did you show him?
0: No, he came in. I think I might have in the end. I I got up to Primera and he was sort of my second striker. Uh, actually I think I got sacked I, st- I started kicking off with Altani because I got Malaga into the top 10 and he, unsurprisingly even in the virtual world Altani wouldn't give me much money So, even in Premier oh. so, so I'm not a big fan of him but hopefully that won't come back to haunt me what, what about you Alex? how are you feeling about this game?
2: I'm obviously both of you aware that I'm quite pessimistic when it comes to these pre- uh, predictions but I'm Uh, I'm going to sit on the fence and say I'm not scared because I know we've got a decent enough defence to to hold out. Obviously, it was a slightly difficult game to watch against uh, Roa Vallecano, but I feel like that was uh, too early to tell what we were like as a team. Now we're starting to shape together. We look quite impressive defensively. Um, And also, I think... With Gijón, although they've only conceded two goals this season, I feel like there's still chances to be had. So and I know we're looking at their games against Oviedo and um, Tenerife. Both Tenerife and Oviedo had quite a few chances to score. Obviously, didn't take their chances, so that's something that Malaga struggle with as well. So, I'm obviously wary they're a good team, um, but also they've only scored six goals this season, so it's not like they're banging them in. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, I think I'm wary, but I'm also kind of excited because there are chances to be had, definitely.
0: Yeah, I think like Chris said earlier, I think this game is quite exciting because it we sort of see where we stand because I think this is a good team, and we can sort of like yeah, and a bit like Alex said, the first few games. We didn't really know what our starting eleven is, and what's you know what we do, and we're not fully there yet, but we're getting there. In fact, this was a question I was going to ask you, but um, both of you, just before we came on, I, I don't know, it, it came up on Twitter or something. I saw what their manager has been saying about this, uh, David Gallego, who some of you might remember was, Spanish manager at the start of last season. I think he's been he's been there a long time, but he's now at Gijon. And he was very complimentary about Malaga. And he said about us, again, paraphrasing, he basically said, Malaga need few touches of the ball to get up the pitch and cause damage, basically. And I was like, oh, I don't know if we're that dangerous. But um, would you say that's, that, that's the style? Like, I was trying to think, what is Malaga's style this season? I suppose we are very much a counter-attacking team, aren't we?
2: I think so, yeah. I think... Well, I definitely think in the obviously against um we had like what was it, thirty odd percent of the yeah. possession. So I just think maybe we're we're finding our style as that counter attacking team, kind of like Lester uh, Leicester when they won the league, the sort of sitting back and then giving it to Jamie Vardy on the run who's got some pace. And obviously we don't have quite have a Jamie Vardy in our ranks. But um yeah, no, I think I think it's it's good that we're we're trying to find out what way we want to play, and we're not trying to do something that we're not capable of.
0: I've just come up with a nickname for our striker. Which one? Chavardia. Oh!
2: Chavardia. Well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if 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 he, if he scores one more, if he scores in the Gihon game, that's officially his nickname for the season. Chavardi. Chavardia.
1: I would call it Chavardi then.
0: Ah uh, no, because his name's Ia. If it it's Chavardi. Yeah,
1: but we could lose the Ia.
0: Do we need to? Okay, Chavardi. Okay, I, I'll meet you halfway. Uh, P- Pablo Chavardi. Yeah, we'll we'll work on that. But yeah, I I don't know. And obviously we had Okazaki, so we, yeah, we, we we are Leicester, <laughs> and we're we're going to win the league. Um,
2: and Luis Hernandez.
0: And well, we did have him.
2: Yes, we did.
0: Yes. Um, just quickly going through the players we don't have then, because um, on our injured list this weekend, we still will not be seeing Joaquin... What's his surname? Munoz, isn't it? I have to think of his surname then. What's his surname? Mm, yes. Yeah, the I have to think of it. I was thinking we got so many Munozes, I thought there can't be another one, but there is. Heatjam uh, is still injured, Ishmael, and uh, Juan Cruz, who's been in the squad a couple of times. But the thing that jumped out at me is like... We've got these injuries, but I don't know. It feels like we've got quite a big squad this season, which is unexpected. I I don't know if it's just me. It seems like we have a couple of people in each position, though.
1: Yeah. That's great. It freaks me out a bit. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not used to it anymore.
0: Yeah, it's great. Like I said last week, there was at one point in the game... uh, Who did we play last time? Was it Rayo when we had 11 professional players on the pitch? It feels again we we started talking about Manolo Gaspar it seems like everything is like running too smoothly almost with no money which is great um so what is are there any changes you would make to this team well the team that beat Zaragoza lads or or are you quite content to go with what we've seen against Zaragoza
2: i'm pretty content I think I am as well. I think it's gone well. We've we've played well against Zaragoza. I think maybe um, touch up on the defensive side of things because I think Gijón are more potent than uh, um, Zaragoza. So, yeah, I think maybe look at... I mean, I'm not sure how fit Lomban is and whether he can play. But I think if he is fit enough, definitely give him some game time. I don't think start him, but definitely give him more game time. He made some minutes last week. Yeah, Yeah, I think he just needs to recuperate that match sharpness.
0: Yeah, I think the minutes he made this week, though, were time wasting minutes, weren't they? I think it was when we, I think it was the 90th, come on, 90th minute, or very late, wasn't it? Still
1: good to see him back.
0: Of course, yes, and then straight with a captain armband on as well, which is always good to see. Um, I, I, the one I was well, the two I was maybe thinking about was perhaps, or actually, probably one. Now we've talked about a bit more. The way Pelisser was talking, and they asked him about why did Soriano start the game against Zaragoza, He sort of said it was a chance to look at him, and we've got a lot of games coming up because obviously we've got these two games. And I believe we have two games next week as well, starting with Mallorca midweek. But let's that,
1: let's be honest, Matt. Does that really matter for a goalkeeper?
0: No, but I mean, well, I don't know, but maybe just a chance to give them both game time because
1: yeah, but it's like it's not physical. Yeah, yeah, uh, a big of a deal for a keeper who stands ninety minutes in his goal.
0: No, but not necessarily physical. But I mean, you know. You can you can do training sessions all the time. The the speed of a match, I I would say it's as much mental practice as anything. Like yeah. I think when we did the podcasts after after we came out of lockdown, and not not just Malaga but football in general, goalies were you know there was a lot of goals flying past them, and there was a few more mistakes. I agree. Yeah, not yeah. maybe because of physical things, just so you know. Like like I said earlier, I don't think Barrio has done anything wrong. I didn't think Soriano was that bad against Zaragoffa, although I, what Alex said about that one that one shot at him, which he punched away was a bit worrying. But it's there for the taking, so I'd, I'd be happy if, I don't know, Barrio played one game and Soriano the other and get another look at them. I I, I'm, uh, I, I think Soriano's probably going to stay in goal, but I, that's just a gut feeling more than anything else. And the other player who... Um, who was taught, again, going back to that, those interviews yesterday, Orlando Saar, they were speaking to him and he was very much implying that since he's joined Malaga, he is no, he is not at his peak fitness. And I believe he even said something along the lines of, when I'm fit, I will score goals. And I believe he is available for tomorrow. Do you think it, it's going to be a, a big battle for him now to get, because I don't think he'll start, but a big battle for him to get past Quintana and Chevaria.
2: When I find gold, I'll be rich. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think hopefully he is right. I think, um, obviously he hasn't been up to scratch. He's coming off a big injury, so that's, that, that's completely understandable. So hopefully he can pick up some match fitness and start challenging Chevarria for that starting spot and Quintana as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, and then if,
2: if 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 I don't know. If if. It's if. A lot
0: of if. Yes, if 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 indeed. Yeah. And if
1: yeah. if my if my mother was my brother, then uh I wouldn't be born.
0: Yeah, lovely Oh, oh, sorry, I'm watching the last Palmas game. A lovely goal for Last Palmas for um if anybody wants score updates, they've just got one nil up against Castellon. A lovely long range goal for someone. Sergio Arojo, who I think might be the top scorer in the league now because he scored quite a lot. But we are not a Las Palmas podcast, so I will get away from talking not about him. <laughs> not yet, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't plan on ever doing that. But uh, initially, I did not plan to be on a Malaga podcast anytime soon. And here I am. Um, but um, speaking of like games happening elsewhere, I, I read something this week, because obviously we've got two home games coming up that there has been talk of maybe fans getting back in, in January. I, I don't know if either of you have seen this.
2: Yes. I've heard um, some rumours. Yeah, I'm not sure how true, but I think given the current... I'm not sure. I mean, Matt, you're the expert on this. Yes. What's the situation like with COVID in Spain? Is it well much better than the UK? Because I know we're on 18,000 positive tests a day at the moment, so definitely not here, but I don't know about Spain.
0: It's not um, it's not great here at the moment what I will say is the country is sort of it's sort of split in half almost Where up to sort of northeast of Spain and uh like Madrid there seems to be these really sort of it's there's a lot more Covid and down here in the southwest there's not but um last weekend like I said earlier they did start letting fans into stadiums and I saw Deportivo obviously now in Segunda B I don't know if you want to make a joke there Chris or um, but or laugh or no. something.
1: now. <laughs> I, I it's not funny.
0: Okay, but De- Deportivo are now in Segunda B, and they had three and a half thousand fans in for their Lume. game. Lume, <laughs> I thought you might get in, but um. So I was thinking they've got a thirty-six thousand-seater stadium, and it made me think maybe that we'll just have to see how it goes in those leagues. Um, but I did hear maybe again, like you said, there was. Rumours they're going to look into fans 2021, but um, at the same time, the numbers are on the up again for COVID. But I don't know. It it seems to be the Spanish government are not going to do a a forced lockdown yet. It's still quite quiet on that front. They've had certain regions. They've said they want to lock down a bit. And obviously there's a big thing in Madrid where the central government are battling the local government because they're from different political leanings and, but yeah, down here it's, there's not much talk about what's happening down here in Andalusia. It's, it's business as well, not as normal, but as normal as normal has been for the past couple of months. Um, but yeah, I was just wondering if you guys had heard anything more, but we'll see how it goes. Uh,
1: 13,873 positives in Holland today, uh, in, sorry, in Spain. (laughs) Yeah. So sure, yeah.
0: But also at, at the height of, you know, when this um, pandemic sort of blew up, I suppose um, the t- they were only really testing the really sort of severe cases, and most people were just totally, you know, people were locked up in <clears throat> homes as well. But they're this, doing a lot more testing now, and I don't want to go all COVIDy and political and things like that. But that I think that is just fact.
1: Yeah. But it it's it it seems like it's growing again. So I'm not sure if it's a good idea to go back to the stadiums.
0: Yeah, in I, Holland
1: we went back to the stadiums, and now we're back being at home, everybody.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, like you said, this I'd be surprised if it happens, but I wasn't sure if we had any insider scoops on it. But anyway, we'll all be watching on TV this weekend. I'll start with the big question, Chris. First, that is. Obviously, we've got two games, so we'll finish off talking about Sporting Gihon, But you're our sort of um, you're our measuring scale for this. Are Sporting Gijón a big club?
1: I think so. Yes, I think so too. They are a, so
0: too. <laughs> They're
1: a very big club, a historical club in Spanish football.
0: Yes, and I suppose that leads us on to our next question, then, Chris. Um, Our other game this week is Sunday evening against Mirandes. You expressed some views against Mirandes earlier. Um, Are Mirandes a big club or (laughs) Mirandes?
1: I've been asking myself for
0: more than a season who the fuck Mirandes
1: is. (laughs) Uh, How do you come up with the name Mirandes? That's the first question. It's, It's very girly. It makes me think of Miranda. Uh that's the first question that comes up to me. But uh, first,
0: one second though Chris is it is it such a bad thing it's a girly name? Oh shit it's very political. <laughs> yeah let's uh, step away let's no, step away. No it's
1: very good. I I love feminine football. I love a woman. I love my wife. She's great. Not a big great cooker cooking <laughs> queen but uh it,
0: it's it's okay. All right, I, I, I've, I've dug you in a bit of a hole here, haven't I? So. <laughs> uh,
1: but what I can see is that the team is based in Miranda de Ebro.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's the name so, I was going to say that.
1: <laughs> in the province of Burgos, so that makes quite sense why the yeah why they call Mirandas and it's. Indeed, coming from a town called uh, Miranda, David. Anyway.
0: Yeah. I was going to interrupt you and say that, but I, I thought I'd let you carry on digging a bit of a hole because it was quite funny. But um, I quite like them, actually, because a bit like you, um, Chris, Like since I've lived here in Spain, I've, I, I would consider my football knowledge quite vast, but there's been a few teams in Segunda that I'd never heard of, them and Lugo I'd never really heard of till I moved here. But, you know... I'm happy to meet them and be acquainted with them, but um, Mirandes last year were were great fun. They were sort of one of the fairy tales of football or Spanish football last year, weren't they? Because they yes. got really far in the cup. And um,
1: but, but also, do you think it's a it's a real historical Segunda División club?
0: Well, I don't know. I was sort of asking you. I or suppose
1: prof- professional <laughs> football. Well, they they uh, were founded in 1927. That's what I can see. Yeah, they have a capacity in their stadium of five and a half thousand people.
0: Yeah, but that doesn't it's matter. We like small teams, and they, you know, the more sure. the more varied the characters at the party, the more fun the party. I say.
1: But if it if it's a historical Spanish professional football team, no, not really.
0: Okay, I don't know if you remember this game last season. It was quite it was quite a silly game last season. I, I don't know if you remember either of you. No, No, I don't. No, it it was two all, but um, I remember these uh, two guys came over who were just on holiday and they came to the Malaga game with the Giri army uh, called Jordan and Tommy. And they were asking me before the game who they should put a bet on. And they said, We're going to put a bet on this guy, Siddiqui, and a Malaga win. And I said, Yeah, yeah, do it. And I was like, He's, and they're like, Is he any good? And I was like, "Uh, I don't know. And then Siddiqui scored a nice volley. And these two guys decided they were going to start a... They were both from Derbyshire. So like a derbyshire Sidiku fan club. (laughs) Which they never did. But um, we drew to all. It was the game where Munier tried to Cruyff turn their striker and got tackled. Um, And then Juanca gave a penalty away and it was very frustrating. So hopefully that won't happen this time. But um, Alex, what would you say then? Just before we finish things up here two games coming up this week, what would you say would be a, a nice points haul for Malaga or a a realistic points goal?
2: I think, I mean, I'll go through the three expectations. If I was being realistic, I'd say three points would be good. Okay. I think hopeful, maybe four points. <laughs> worst comes to the worst, I think two points would be, or maybe even one point. So I think, a draw or a win against Mirandes, I feel like that's my prediction and then either a, a draw or a loss against Sporting. I can't say it's beating Sporting.
0: Okay, Chris, are you any more optimistic?
1: As I see myself as the, as the most optimistic person on earth, no. Okay. Um, I'm going to be very optimistic. Um, I would say four
0: points. Yeah, I'm going to go four points too, but I think that's Again, I, I, I don't know if I'm being deluded here. I'm still quite excited from beating Zara Gotha, but I'm trying. I think I think there's a part of me that wants to say six, but I'm I'm realizing if I think six, I need to lower it a bit. I'm getting too too ahead of myself and thinking that everything's fixed at Malaga now. And I, I've learned doing this podcast that if we're happy one podcast, to yeah. remember the next one, we're gonna say I don't know Pelisser out or something.
1: We're like uh, Malaga's like a crazy uh, ride in a roller coaster. Yes, like up, down, up, down,
0: but always so every, thrilling.
1: Every everywhere between three and six points, uh, it's okay.
0: Yes, I agree. Okay, before we go, then, guys, is there anything you want to sort of add in there?
2: Vamos, Malaga.
0: Okay, there's there's Alex's usual brief summary of his thoughts on. Malaga? Yeah. Well, just it's, I don't I don't think it counts as a thought, really. Does it? It's just a, an expression, but all fun nonetheless. Chris? Yes, I have
1: something. I, I always have something. Yeah, I know so that's This week I, as well.
0: Yeah, go for it.
1: This week is not about myself. It's not about Giri Cost. It's not about followers. Yeah, no. It's about a friend of the show, a good friend of the show. Cool. Everybody knows him. Alex O'Brien is his name. We call him Alcorcon Alex because he's our uh, Alcorcon fan um, who comes on the show when Alcorcon plays. Um, But he always listens to our podcast and he's a great guy. And uh, we love him. But he did something very, very wonderful. And Matt is going to explain to us what he
0: did. Um, Yeah, I I don't have the exact figures in front of me now, but he did run seven marathons in seven days and raised... Three thousand. Uh, I've got 3,000 3, euros for a local hospice near him. So very well done for that, Alex. And you know,
1: we are proud of you. We are proud like of our, you. Yeah, really great <laughs> what you did.
0: Um, but uh, Chris still doesn't rate Alcocon. <laughs> he rates you as a as a marathon runner and charity man, but not your Spanish football team.
1: Like, really. But it is, like, crazy what he did. And amazing. Seven marathons in
0: seven days. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I donated money to him. I've done my bit. (laughs) I
1: Wow. It's like... I didn't, because I didn't know uh, he was doing it. But now I know. I knew when he was already running it. Uh, But next time, if you do something like that, I... I will donate money as well because I think it's a very good, a very good deed you did, and um, yeah, I'm really uh, impressed by a, running seven marathons in seven days. So
0: yes, awesome stuff. So hopefully this week, Mirandez and Gihon are equally as charitable. As Alex O'Brien Or Alcocorn Alex And we're going to wrap things up here So thank you Alex Ashmo
2: Thank you very much
0: And thank you Chris Marquez Thank you and vamos Malaga And from me Matt Harrison You have been listening to the Giricast and Sport Direct Radio And as always Vamos Malaga Onwards to the promotion party <laughs>